Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mark My Words. Mark My Words is the only podcast produced exclusively for independent paint retailers. I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you for listening. Today, we are in the recording studio at the Benjamin Moore's corporate headquarters in Montvale, New Jersey, and joining us is new Chief Executive Officer of Benjamin Moore, Dan Calkins. Dan, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Mark. Great to join you. So uh, for starters, Dan, congratulations. This is a new position for you, right? Yes, absolutely. Just started first of the year. Right. So you were you were made CEO first of the year. So there's probably a lot of our listeners that, that don't really know who you are. And so why don't you just start by giving us a little brief history of your time with Benjamin Moores and, and what you're feeling as you begin this new role. Well, thank you, Mark. Like I said, it's great to be here with you today. I joined Benjamin Moore in 1987 in our old Melrose Park facility. Uh, which is just outside of Chicago. I was born and raised in the Chicago area and started as a sales associate and worked in our order department, which was something that we had in each one of our facilities back in those days before we consolidated them to Flanders. Each plant and office had their own order department. And I was there for about six or seven months and then moved and uh, moved to St. Louis, Missouri and, and spent then probably the better part of the next Oh, 20 plus years traveling all over the United States in different sales roles, territory reps, managers, director, number of different roles. And then 11 years ago, I moved here to Montvale and worked in a few corporate roles. And then again, back on the sales side of things. And last year and a half or so, I've been the president and COO. And with Mike Searle's departure uh, in December, I was asked to become the chairman and chief executive officer of Benjamin Moore. And, you know, very proud feel very fortunate. I've had the opportunity to work with lots of our retailers all over North America over the last 32 years. A lot of good input from them. Had a lot of good mentors here at Benjamin Moore, a lot of good teammates. So uh, it's a very humbling experience to be asked to do this. And uh, with that said, I'm very excited about it. I'm very proud and, and really looking forward to growing our business collectively with the independent dealer here at Benjamin Moore over the next number of years. Most of the beginning of your career was was with dealers. Yes. So what what do you think has been the the most significant difference uh, in your dealer network between sort of where you started 30 or so years ago and where we are now? Well, I think there's a couple of things that are significantly different than they were when I started. And obviously, technology has touched everybody, whether personally or professionally. And technology's impacted our, our dealers across North America as well. So you know, there's so many things that today dealers have access to that, you know, technology provides that this just weren't part of the equation, whether it's the way we communicate, whether it's the way they find information, whether it's the way they run their businesses, all of that's very different than when I started. Another key area is the makeup of their customers today. You know, their customers are much more educated and knowledgeable than they were when I started. They're able to research things before they even talk to one of our dealers. And so they, they come in with a pretty good opinion or belief. They know what they're looking for. And so dealing with them, I think, has changed. But the other piece of the customer part, too, is, and I know our, our dealers are familiar with this, is that, you know, the makeup from a DIY versus contractor perspective continues to change. And go more towards the contractor side of things. And when I, I talked to dealers and when I started, you know, in many instances, Saturday was the busiest day of the week in stores. And, and today, in most instances, that's just not the case. And uh, I think that's a reflection on who's buying paint today and where they're buying it. And then the competitive landscape has changed. 
I started in 1987 and sure there was Home Depot and Lowe's, but they didn't have the presence that they have today and, and grew during that period of time. And so helped change the, the landscape. And I'd say one last thing that, that that's changed just off the top of my head is the, you know, the brands available uh, to the independent channel, particularly from an exclusive perspective, you know, with those other mass merchants and such in play, a lot of brands that were traditionally in the independent channel and exclusively in the independent channel have migrated away there. And also there's been a lot of consolidation in the manufacturing side of our industry. And so some brands that, you know, were available when I first started, just they're gone and uh, they've been assumed by larger corporations and not given the care and feeding they needed and, and they go away. And so, you know, there's other changes, but those are the ones that to me really resonate. Right. Well, you talk about Saturdays. It's interesting because I've been noticing that trend for years and I always thought it was me. Right. I had I had no idea until just now that that, that you said that, that that was something that all all the stores were experiencing. We used to do double on a Saturday what we did any other day of the week. And, and now it's, in fact, uh, opposite of that. Yeah. Like, typical Saturday is about half what we do during the other days of the week. So you said something that was interesting to me that I want to tease out a little bit. You talked about the exclusivity of some brands versus brands that are available at Home Depot and Lowe's and Sherwin-Williams. Do you think that that's something that's important to your dealers? Is that something that Benjamin Moore's has to be exclusive always forever through dealers? Yeah, I, I think that for Benjamin Moore, it's one of our differentiators, obviously. You know, we, we make outstanding paint. We have a great channel of distribution with the independent. But I think one of our collective strengths is, is that if you're going to buy a Benjamin Moore branded product, you're going to buy it in the independent channel. And I think that there's a reason for that. I think that obviously paint to do it right is a high touch item. It's not a commodity, in my opinion, particularly if it's Benjamin Moore. And pairing a high quality product with a high caliber of distribution is kind of a important part of the equation that makes the independent channel and Benjamin Moore successful together. And I really believe that. And you couldn't do that with a mass merchant, you don't feel? No. And, and support no. the brand the way you guys want to? Absolutely not. So uh, dealers have, have seen some challenges in the last few decades. Some of them you've mentioned, the rise of the big box proliferation of Sherwin-Williams, who's opening 100 stores a year and has announced they're going to continue to do that for as far into the future as they can see. Uh, a complicated economy. What is sort of the corporate view uh, in this building of, of the independent paint retailer channel? Well, I, I will say this, Mark. It's, it's better than it was just a few short years ago. Mm -hmm. our, our leadership team is uh, very much aligned. Our organization is very much aligned. And we're bullish on the future. We, we really are. And, and there's a number of reasons. You know, I believe that the independent channel does have advantages over the competitors that can't be replicated. And nothing is more important than the entrepreneurial spirit that the independent brings to the table that just cannot, no matter how hard people try, be replicated in another model. It just can't be, in my I, opinion. I agree with you 100%. You know, I think that our independent channel has the opportunity, whether they're in an urban setting or a rural setting, to be members of their community in a way that the mass merchants and company-owned store models can't. I think they can build long-term relationships that, again, the revolving door at other channels can't provide. And I think we all recognize relationships drive business, whether you're at Benjamin Moore in an independent dealer, whether you're wherever it may be. And it's, it's, it's important 
And then, as I mentioned, you know, the high quality of product that we manufacture partnered with that high touch or that high level of knowledge and service that the independent provides is a very, very strong combination that they, they struggle to they yeah. struggle to replicate. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And, and I share your optimism. Let me put you on the spot a little yeah. bit. There, there are reasons for that optimism. You're mm-hmm. seeing some specific data. Yeah. Can you share some of that with us? Yeah. So, for instance, in 2014, we started to be more aggressive talking with our dealers about opening new stores. Mm-hmm. And obviously, coming out of the era that we had where we had uh, strained our relationships with an, the independent channel network, it was hard to go to dealers and say, hey, listen, we know our relationship isn't great, but why don't you put some of your equity at risk and open a new store? with a partner you're struggling with. We couldn't do it, but we started to work hard on trying to repair that. And I'm happy to say over the last four years, we've opened up 900 new locations. Wow. And good majority of those are true paint and decorating stores. Obviously there's hardware stores included in that number, but overall, you know, 900 new stores. Now we have attrition, so that isn't a net gain of 900, but we have opened 900 new stores. And to me, that's a vote of confidence Mm -hmm. that the independent dealer thinks that Benjamin Moore is a good partner again and are doing the right things to help them and their families grow their business. The other thing is, is I've noticed over the last couple of years, we've seen more businesses transitioning to the next generation. And we had a bit of a period of time where I was concerned that that next generation wasn't interested in being in the paint business, wasn't interested in taking over their family's business. And just by example, last week, or excuse me, earlier this week, we had 80 next generation members from a buying group that we partner with here at Benjamin Moore here. And they were 40 and under. They were here for two days. They were excited, engaged. I had an opportunity to interact with some of them. And, And they were all excited about what they're doing and being a part of this independent channel and working with Benjamin Moore. And so to me, you know, that those are just two areas that are, are encouraging. And, and when you see the younger generation excited about it and what they have to do, I think we have lots to look forward to collectively. You'd have to agree. I would think that if dealers are willing to invest in new stores, they're they're making the ultimate statement that they believe in their business. Correct. Right. And so if they're willing to put down, you know, what I suspect would be a few hundred thousand dollars to open up a new store, they they feel like the next 10 or 15 years at least, you know, is is looks looks good to them. Right. And that's the way I see it, too. Yeah. So tell me, you said you gained this is interesting. Uh, 900 stores in the last four years. How many did you lose? And like, what's the net gain of probably, that? Deal? Probably the net gain there is in the 200. That's fabulous. 250 range. Yeah, so 50 so, new stores a year. Yeah, that's, so it's it's pretty great. positive progress. Right. So uh, sticking on the topic, which mm-hmm. we're going to spend a lot of time talking about your independent retailers, what are some examples of uh, new program development or significant adjustments to existing programs that dealers already know and understand that they can look forward to now that there's a, a new captain at the helm? Yeah, so the, we, we started on some work uh, last March, in March of 18, and it came out of the strategy meeting that we had in late 17, where we really realized with the changing marketplace, you know, this phenomenon I talked about earlier, uh, which has been occurring for a while, where there's much more opportunity with the painting contractor, particularly the residential repaint. That's a significant market size, and it fits well with what the independent does and what Benjamin Moore brings to the table. We really started to think about it and say, hey, how can we do more 
with the independent dealer to grow this segment of business. And one of the things that we're kind of thinking through a lens of customer centricity. So with these programs and things we're developing, we know the first lens we have to look through is our partner, the independent network, independent dealer network. But what does that painter need? So putting them at the center of the bullseye and saying, what do we have to do to garner more business from this segment? And so, you know, we're working extremely hard on a number of things, and we've started to discuss those publicly. In October, November, we did some dealer meetings. I think you attended right, one I in attended Queens. One of them, yeah. And, you know, we, we got out there and started at a very high level trying to be transparent and let people know what's coming. And now, you know, we're a few months in from those meetings, and it's exciting because some of these things are actually coming to fruition. So just a few of them, we're, we're really aggressively pursuing an outside sales rep subsidy model where if you're an independent dealer and you're in a market where you don't have an outside sales rep, we're willing to subsidize the cost of that outside sales rep for the first two years that they work for the independent dealer. And we believe this year we'll hire close to 250. And, you know, the challenge there is the economy. In other words, your dealers would hire, yeah. I don't mean to cut you off, your, your dealers would hire 250 of their own employees supported by Benjamin Moore's just for outside sales. Correct. Yeah, wow. we'll subsidize the cost. And hard part with that is, and we're, we're having good results already, the hard part is the economy is very good right now. Yeah. There's a bit of a labor shortage. Yeah. So I think the biggest challenge won't be the dollars to do it. It'll be finding the right people and getting right. them hired and trained and onboarded. But we're, we're aggressively pursuing that. The other thing that we're getting ready to announce, can't say today where, but we are going to be introducing a concept internally known as POD, which is a new store concept where we're partnering with an independent dealer. This will not be a company-owned store model by Benjamin Moore, where we're going to, like I mentioned, go after the residential repaint customer, focusing with a high level of touch and service for that residential repaint. So a lot of our chief competitors offer lots of services, but they spend a lot of their time and resources on that larger commercial contractor. We're going to try to be disrupted by really, regardless of the size of the contractor, we're going to try to have a high level of touch. And so these stores will be, you know, kind of a warehouse store. They won't be in A, retail locations, though we'll welcome walk-in traffic. It's not that that's not a part of it, but the real piece will be a strong sales presence out of the location. So right out of the gate, three or four salespeople hired immediately, two or three delivery vans hired immediately. And, you know, those painting contractors will be delivering right to job sites, to their home, wherever they want to go. And we're going we're gonna to go into a market that we have very low share and our chief competitor has very high share and our intent is to be disruptive. And when you say chief competitor, in this case, you're talking about Sherwin-Williams. Primarily, yes. Primarily yeah. in this particular. Yeah, right. And so we're we're going to be aggressive about it. We're excited about it. Two leases have already been signed. Oh, the great. first store will be open April 1st. The second store will be open by the end of April. And the third location, we could be signing the lease you know, this week or next week. We, we have several locations. And the goal is to have all three stores open before Memorial Day and really, really get after it in that market. Again, we, we don't want our chief competitor to know where we're going and when. So, you know, it's we're keeping that under wraps till we're ready to announce it. But right. Everybody will be hearing about it. And again, it's with one of our dealers we do business with today. And so how do you identify the dealer that you want to work with on a program like that, right? So there must yep. be a lot of thought put into that. And there's probably a lot of dealers listening, thinking, hey, I'd like to grow my business. What do I do? What do I have to look like to be attractive to Benjamin Moore so that when they want to try something significant, they look at me as an opportunity for that? 
Well, in this case, we really have very little distribution in the market that we're going to be introducing oh. this in. But there's a large market kind of contiguous to this market. Right. And we have a good, a good dealer there that we work closely with. And, you know, they have the financial capability. They have the capacity. Um, they do a lot of painter business today and their other business. And most importantly, they have the will. You know, it's it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of work. Yeah. It's, it's it's a great opportunity, but it 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 will take a complete commitment, not just with financial resources, but also you know hiring a team to run it, manage it, grow it. It's it's uh it's not an easy task, and we're fortunate with the partner we're going to be working with that they're all in. They were here in Montvale just a couple of weeks ago. We we had a couple of day meeting here talking about all the nits and nats that need to be accomplished and what Benjamin Moore is going to contribute, what they're going to contribute. And I don't just mean in dollars. I'm talking right. about overall and how we're going to pull this off and work closely together. Because the the want here is, for one, this to be extremely successful. And hopefully in markets where we don't have distribution or limited distribution, it's replicatable mm-hmm. and that we can do it in other places. So do I see this model coming to a New York or a Boston? Uh, probably not. Right. But but in areas, and, and we're not going here, but a, a Phoenix or a Tucson or a right. San Diego or Where you've Tampa. struggled to have yeah. distribution in the past. Right. We, we want to go into those markets and, and, and try to go about it versus our traditional way, which is, you know, one store at a time, you know, kind of a, it's, it's a slow growth way. We think this is a bigger bang approach. And we so can this really is multiple stores simultaneously. Simultaneously. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And, and all outfitted to be very aggressive with that res repaint as the number one customer. So let's let's go back to that residential repaint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you've talked a lot about that. So mm-hmm. give give the listeners an idea of, of what it takes for something like a program designed for residential repaint to bubble up to your desk. Yeah. Right? Because there's things, right? You're running a big company in addition to selling paint to us. You're a paint manufacturer, right. right? You're a marketing company. You're doing right. a lot of different things, but this one sounds like is is being handled by you. It's coming all the way to the top. What what process allows for that? Well, you know, the data was the driver here. You see the shifting dynamics in the marketplace, and you look at the overall architectural coatings side of the business, and you look at particularly the contractor segment. Fifty three percent of all gallons sold on the contractor side are sold. To the residential repaint market. Wow. It's like $5.3 billion of business. Wow. So, you know, I know we all get enamored you with- You guys are doing, excuse me, uh, just over a billion now, right? Correct. So uh, a huge opportunity huge, for Benjamin Morris. Huge opportunity. And right. as, as all of us, we all get enamored with, you know, let's paint the Freedom Tower. Let's, let's, let's paint the uh, iconic buildings around the country. And we like those jobs too, don't get me wrong. Right. But the kind of meat and potatoes of the business- are that everyday painting contractor who's in a lot of our dealer stores today and what they buy. So, you know, the data really is what the starting point was. We saw the shifting dynamics. We see where the market's headed. We see that this next generation of millennials and such are doing less themselves. They're hiring people to do things for themselves. And so, you know, it kind of kind of drove the work that's getting done. And so we have a number of work streams here at Benjamin Moore. We have over 140 people internally focused on different programs and aspects of meeting the needs of this customer and others, but a heavy dose and focus here. Sounds terrific. So tell me about some of the other programs that you guys are working on. Yeah. So one of the other big launches for 2019 is actually on Monday of this coming week, beginning of February, and it's our national accounts program. And, you know, we've been 
working with the National Council of the Business for a number of years, but we really didn't have the technological platform to support it in a way that wasn't confusing and particularly for the customers, not to mention our dealers as well. And so we, we've invested a lot of time and money over the last year on a project. And so we have a, an e-commerce platform here now that can support this type of work. And I want to be clear, all this national account work will be through the independent dealer, but retail, hospitality, healthcare, those kind of areas is what we're going to be working on. So define for me what a national account is. Well, national accounts can be anything from a retail store chain that we're familiar with, like a H&M or a Ikea. It can be a GPO, which is a buying group like a hospital. So you have these groups of hospitals that form these buying groups. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to not pay to play, but you have to be a part of the group to even have an opportunity for them to purchase things from you. And so you approach them nationally. And, and give opportunities for dealers that they might not otherwise be able to get. Because if somebody's buying from a, a large organization, buying nationwide, you know, they're not, you're not going to be able to make a sale to your local hospital. Is that the idea of what you're... Correct. Um, you asked me earlier about things that have changed since I joined Benjamin Moore. When I was a territory rep, I knew the hospitals in my territory. And right. You'd go in through the loading dock and find the paint shop and sell a few gallons of alkyd enamel to somebody. Those days, for the most part, are over these... These large healthcare entities are trying to drive cost out. They're looking for one bill, one receivable, one supplier, so that they have all the benefits of that. And so we believe that, you know, the independent dealers positioned well to service that business and us working with them and our product line, there's real opportunity out there. And so particularly um, with healthcare, retail, and hospitality. So that's where we're really focused. And so we're excited. We're fu- This launch, this has been work that's been going on for a while and we've needed to do. So we're really excited about the launch. And, and is this something that you feel like all of your retailers are going to be able to participate in? I, I think the majority will. You know, again, some elect. It's, it's not that we force it, so it's right. an opt-in. Right. But I, I think there's lots of opportunity, regardless of where you're situated, to find some benefit from the program. And I would certainly encourage people to ask questions about it. And if it's for them, by all means, opt in. So what do you think are, are uh, two or three of the most important things that keep your dealers up at night? I think that dealers really have a couple of things that they're thinking about regularly. And one of those has to do with you know, the changing landscape and how quickly it changes and being, you know, they're busy running their businesses and it's hard to stay on top of all the things that are changing. I talked about technology earlier, the things that from a technological standpoint, the marketplace, the, the influencers in the market today, very, very difficult. And I know because we get lots of questions about it, like, is there something Benjamin Moore could help us with this? Or are you guys aware of that? Have you thought about this? What are you guys doing about that? Do you know what other dealers are doing about this? And so I think just kind of how fast the world moves today is something that many of our dealers struggle with, not not because they're not competent and can't keep up. It's they have a business to run every right. day. And it's we're, difficult. We're selling paint. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I think that that's one. I think that the other one is, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier, is succession. Many of our dealers, if they don't have a clear path as to who's going to take over their business when they decide to retire, particularly some of our middle-aged or later in career independents, they struggle with that. And it's, yeah. it's a worry because in some instances, and in many instances, these are multi-generational businesses. They're very proud of them. Their family's been associated with them. 
And then they have a generation that comes along and, and they have other interests and it's not the paint business. What do they do? How, who's interested in buying it? Is there something there? That's a question that I ask myself all the time. I'm, I'm in that exact circumstance. You know, we're, we're four generations. Uh, I had a daughter. Uh, she's 21. She She's expressed no interest whatsoever in the paint business. And so now I'm 55 years old and, and I'm starting to think about what, what, what do I do? Right. You know? And that's a, it's obviously a concern for Benjamin Moore, too, because, you know, we like smooth transitions from generation yeah. to generation. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, I talked earlier about us opening 900 stores and but we lost probably 700 over that same period of time. Right. Some of that attrition is due to lack of succession. And it happens. Right. So this is a great topic. Do you feel like on, on just the things that we've spoken about in the last couple of seconds, dealer transition or technology. Do you feel like it's Benjamin Moore's responsibility to help dealers address some of these things? I do, but I, I, I do believe it's truly this in this area is a shared responsibility because, you know, we talked a lot about the independent dealer and it's their business. And so while we can help facilitate or help find tools or again, find ways in, to help with education or scaling things up in a way that help our independent dealers across uh, North America, we have to work very collaboratively here because, you know, in your situation, at some point in time, if, if you don't have a plan, you're probably going to sit down with someone here at Benjamin Moore and say, hey, guys, I'm out. Right. Like, I'm ready. Here's the keys. Right. I mean, you know, hopefully right. we'll come to that. Right. And we're going to have Hopefully to, I'll call you a day or two before yeah. I have to do that. Yeah. So, but we're going to have to have a conversation and be working towards that. And so, you know, a high level of collaboration and transparency so that we can work together and try to find the best solution that works for you and, and Benjamin Moore is ideal. So you had shared uh, at a dealer meeting uh, right here in New York uh, that I had attended. As a matter of fact, the one that got our conversation going about this podcast that Benjamin Moore knew it had some work to do to earn uh, some of the trust of your dealers. What were you referring to when you said that? Yeah, well, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I've worked at Benjamin Moore for 32 years and it's something that we've always had to earn and work at. But we went through a period of time, not in the too distant past, where our trust really had been breached, uh, in my opinion, being a longtime employee. And I have lots of dealer friends around North America, and I knew how they were feeling about the company. It was a difficult time to be an employee here, let alone, I can't imagine what I'm sure our customers were feeling. And I do think we bottomed out, you know, five, six, seven years ago. And so we've been working very hard the last five years by trying to demonstrate a high level of goodwill, transparency, collaboration that we know here at Benjamin Moore, but it's not going to be a successful company if the independent channel isn't successful. We just... Not know, just an individual dealer, but no, the whole channel. The whole channel. And yeah. so, you know, we work, we, and we have been working very hard. And that doesn't mean there aren't decisions that we still make today that people don't like. But I hope they know that our intentions are all good around trying to ensure that the independent channel is healthy and growing. But I think it's something that, you know, as soon as we think we've earned trust and we lay off the gas pedal, we'll be back in trouble again. So I don't think it's anything you can say, well, we've got trust back. Good. Let's move on to the next thing. Right. I think at the end of the day, our actions will speak louder than my words or anybody else's. And I think there's some simple things that we can do to improve it and always work on it. And one of the best things we could do is listen more to our independent dealer network. We had 
a retailer advisory council that actually myself and Eugene Andreasi and Lisa Sapia instituted in 2010. We had real good results from that. We've gotten away from it the last couple of years. How many retailers were involved in that process? Oh, we had lots because we, we, we had like kind of a chapter for each geographical area. There oh, would wow. be eight or 10 on each one. And right. so, you know, I would say probably a couple hundred got to participate in it over a course of a number of years. Right. But I'm happy to say we're going to reinstitute some of that this year. We're going to try a little different approach. We're going to call them uh, retailer roundtables. We're going to be bringing groups in here to Montvale with all the things I talked about that we're working on, getting input early in the process or sharing results of the pilots that we've had and share lessons learned and what could we do differently and where do you see things working for your business or not working for your business. So we're 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 dedicated to doing that. I think that helps a lot, just the conversation. I mean, that's part of the reason I'm with you today. So looking back, were there any things specifically that you felt that uh, Benjamin Moores had, had done that caused some of this problem that in hindsight, maybe you wish you had had back? Well, I don't think there was any one decision. I think it was actually leadership at the time and the style with which they treated people, both internally and externally. It was consistent. It wasn't that we were treating our dealers poorly and we were treating our employees great. It was, unfortunately, um, a kind of a consistent approach to interacting with people. And, you know, I, I think there was a complete lack of transparency. And I think we had a very arrogant approach at that time where we felt like we knew best and this will be good for you. Take it or leave it. And that's just not the way the world works in any way, shape or form. And we're not going to work that way while I'm here or for as long as I'm here. And I hope when I'm gone that we're able to instill a culture that's sustainable long term that values listening to people who are important to your business. It's very simple to me. I appreciate very much that that candor, Dan. And I, I think that you do have a, a seem to have a clear understanding of some of what caused it. And so that's the person that you want trying to resolve some of those problems. So kudos. I, I, I think that's very well said. So we're, we're getting close to the end. Uh, rather than ask my questions, I thought I'd give you an opportunity if you wanted to share one or two. Uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of Benjamin Moore dealers listening to this yeah. podcast. So if you wanted to share one or two messages directly with them, please feel free. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mark. I want to make sure that everybody understands that we are all in with the independent dealer. I, I, I don't know how much I can say it. I don't think I could say it enough, but that the decisions we make, the investments we make are all through a lens of how does this impact the independent dealer? We really do think that. Yes, we think about our self-interest too, but we do think through the lens of if we do this, what are the positives and negatives with regards to the independent dealer? It's a, it's a filter that we use. We use it every day. It's, it's here. We're going to instill it in the culture to ensure it stays. But and it's all around, you know, we want this channel to be able to grow and we want them to be healthy because we believe a healthy independent dealer will be more likely to open more stores, will be able to buy more paint will be able to service their community better. And so it's it's critically important. And will have a business that's more valuable that they can transition to, a, if not another generation, another entrepreneur. Right, right, absolutely. And the other thing is, I mentioned earlier, the last five years, we've been working very hard on demonstrating this high level of goodwill. And we're going to continue to do that. 
But with that being said, we also are going to be more aggressive. We need to grow market share, both for the independent dealer and for Benjamin Moore. And what I'm asking here is one that we're going to try some things, and I think some of them are going to be wildly successful. We're going to try some other things that probably aren't going to go so well. And we know that, but we truly believe nothing ventured, nothing gained. And obviously, for most of the programs we're going to be trying, we're going to need the support of the independent dealer if they're going to be successful. And we're going to be smart about it. We're going to pilot things. We're going to try to learn from our mistakes. But I, I want to be candid that we are going to be trying some new things and we need the support of the independent dealer to do so. And I recognize going in and I don't want our team to be afraid of failure because I think then it limits what you're willing to try. And so just want to get that out there that we are going to try to grow and we're going to try some new things. Well, that is a terrific way to end it. Dan Calkins, Chief Executive Officer of Benjamin Morris, thank you very much for being on my podcast today and good luck in your new position. Thank you very much, Mark. I really enjoyed it. This is Mark My Words and I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you for listening and check your inbox for notifications of more podcasts and blog posts at marklipptonpaint.com.